Hello and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me, we have a roundtable of epic proportions. We've got Chris, we've got Jesse Cox, and we've got Rin. Today, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy XIV's Endwalker Media Tour, the state of rain, all of these topics that have been coming up in the comments, and so much more. As if you were here at the pre-show, you know that it just got off the rails, and it was probably the best pre-show in all history. You can sure to check out the highlights over here on Ginger Gaming Radio. Like, favorite, subscribe, and share. Do all the social media things as it is a social responsibility to do so. If you're listening to the MP3 in audio form, be sure to give it a five-star rating and maybe we'll read your review on the air. But other than that, let me introduce our panel. I'm gonna start with Jesse. Jesse, you've recently come over to Final Fantasy. Um, I never heard of you before then. I'm only joking. Uh, but you've come in and you, I think you've lit a fire within the lore-telling community. I loved your approach to history professor teaches uh, the uh, the story and the uh, of the game. I, I honestly, there were things as an 11 year veteran of this game that I learned from your video. So I appreciate you. I don't think I can introduce you outside of that. Like I think honestly, I'm doing a disservice to it. So to my mom who's listening, who are you? Why should people? Uh, how do people know you? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much. It's exciting to be here. Um, hi, moms out there. I boy. <laughs> How do I sell myself to you? Well, uh, I'm single, so if there are any moms available. I look like your son, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, man, so I've just been doing this for a long time. I've been sort of in the internet space for years and years and years. Um, the very first things I ever did way back in the day in the year 2000 was some, like, voice acting weird stuff on forums and um I was I've always been sort of a huge square and then Squeenix fan um I remember a long time ago I did a dubbing of one of my favorite old games Vagrant Story and uh the translator of the game was like super impressed and he went on to go do Final Fantasy 10 so um you know I'm just sort of like in the periphery of of this community at all times hanging out, being dumb. And then I started making AMVs. If anyone remembers what AMVs are, the anime music videos. Oh yeah, watch out. I made those uh, during the 2000s. And then uh, like everyone else in the world, I ended up getting a real job teaching and uh, actually like worked. And that was crazy. And then, uh, yeah, after 2009, 2010, there was a crazy market crash and people were laid off and it was a terrible time and i found myself broke totally broke and jobless moved home started making weird internet videos and 10 years later here we are uh playing video games and it's my job and it's crazy and now i'm doing like interviews with the ocp and videos with jeff goldblum is the most recent nonsense and it's crazy i don't know i don't look i don't know why i'm here i don't even know why you should care I just am excited to be around. I think this is, I'm blown away. This is what I do. And I, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. There is this you know. already weird ginger connection that we had in the pre-show, namely that we both come from very Italian families. Uh, we're both very redheaded stepchildren in that, that space. And apparently another thing I learned about you that I, that I seem to somewhat relate to, we both got laid off in that great recession that happened. I was like, that was, that was a crazy time. Crazy time. A lot of people got laid off. Yeah. It was a, it was a rough, you know, you kids these days don't know, but yeah, no, 2009 sucked. That was a terrible year. And so, uh, 2009, 2010, 
I was like, what do I do? My parents were like, move home. So I sold everything I had. The only thing I had to my name was my computer, because I'm a nerd, clothes, and my the, the car that wasn't even my car. It was like my parents' car. So I owned nothing. And I moved home. And uh, yeah, I just was making videos. And my parents were like, why don't you go substitute teach? And I was like, as a former awful student, I would rather die than substitute teach. That is, you're walking into a minefield at that point. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. And they're like, you should go. Just go do that. No. Nah. So I started making videos. Uh, and at the time, it was for Warcraft. Because that was sort of my fun. I'm playing it in the background game. But before Warcraft, like my MMO legacy is that in high school, my friend Mike would play uh, EverQuest. And I'd be like, what the hell is this game? What yeah. are you doing? And he was like, dude. I'm farming this dragon and I have to wait 14 hours for this pot to show up. And there's going to be like a hundred people around him. And whoever kills him gets that staff. And I was like, what you mean? People from around the world. And he was like, yeah, dude. And so he was my gateway in. And then, but the first one that got me, the first one I played was final fantasy 11. Cause I'm a big final fantasy nerd. Yes. Me too, yeah. man. And so I played that up until the end of chains of promethea i think was the name of the expansion yep, that's right and then uh, they were like okay we're gonna tell a new story and it was right at the time that wow was coming out and wow was like hey kids do you like mmos but without having to at level 14 while on a beach farming crabs be forced to party up with other people and i was like i do want that and so then i ran to that immediately because as much as i love final fantasy 11 Losing when you die, losing level is the worst thing that ever existed on planet Earth. I got uh, I got to level thirty, got some new sweet gear on my character in, in eleven, and went outside. I was like, yes, and died, de leveled, and then didn't have the money to have anything less because I invested every penny, every gill into that thirty gear. Let's go to let's go to Rin Rin. Thank you so much also for joining you and Jesse. I've uh, been doing some uh, doing some ultimate. I hear. Uh, tell people about you, where they can find you, and then what you guys have been working on. Hey, everybody. I'm Ren, and I'm a cool cat. It's about time I drop the shtick. That's not my voice. Hi. <laughs> that lasted three seconds. <laughs> I like the, the, I like the cool last. cat. I do like hey, the cool, cool cat, Ren. <laughs> uh, so I'm Ren. I, um, I'm a guy. I like to play Final Fantasy and push buttons and push it with other people, too. I've been playing games for a very, very, very long time. And uh, like Jesse, I also started with an MMO that <laughs> had you de-level if you died. It was awful. I played this game called Tibia back in the day, and, and it was very popular in Brazil. Very popular in Brazil. So that game had no level cap at all. None. And if you died, you lost 10% of the experience you had ever gained total. And you got logged out, and you dropped all your inventory. <laughs> and it was available for anybody to pick up if they went to your body. So you had to you had to log back in in the town and get there and grab your stuff before somebody else who might have even just dragged some dragons to come kill you grabbed your stuff. So it was great, you know. It was, it was awesome. No crying, no sadness, nothing. <laughs> was there PvP? Could you kill other players? Open world, open world <laughs> PvP. So you, you'd, you'd be talking, right? And you're 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 in your like your trade chat window. And you're like, "Hi, I'm selling this thing I just got," and then people are waiting outside the town for to you to get you. happiness, <laughs> and you're done. 
then you're done. I don't need to buy this from you. I'll just gonna take it off your corpse, fool. Yeah, meet me outside. Wow, I just got these great sunglasses. Then people just bap you. And then next up, the other guy over in town is like, yeah, I'm selling these sunglasses I just got. (laughs) Who wants them? Uh, It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Uh, So I I also, so I I worked my way up to, from employment after high school, I I became a a manager at at a Wendy's. So I actually got to unironically tell people, hello, sir, this is a Wendy's. Uh, back before it was cool back before the internet did its whole thing where it existed you know i think we were doing what we were watching lincoln park dragon ball z amvs on morpheus and napster and stuff right yeah back in the day <laughs> i've done my fair share i've done my time anime boston amv contests so hard to get into <laughs> and i also so i'm sure you've been there jesse i also did stuff over on vaa back That's in the what day I was talking about the voice acting yeah. alliance yeah dude i knew exactly. that was like ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. I had a lot of friends. Um, and then I ended up working my way through management at a Papa John's and I eventually became a director of operations of my own franchise. Um, I was working like 95 hours a week, which sucks. By the way, don't do it. Don't do it, kids. Look, I'm look how cool I am today. Take this advice. Don't do it. <laughs> Didn't you stream like 12 hours, seven days a week? That we're not talking about that yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my family was like, look. Uh, what's the point of having all this money if we don't see you? You're not living your own life. You can't do this anymore. And I quit that day. I turned over the keys to the the other owner and I'm like, all you, family's important. And I just walked away. Uh, And then I helped two high school teachers run a nerd store. We had like manga, anime, video games, board games, card games. We had tournaments and stuff. We helped run charities for kids. It was great. I I like built my own Iron Man suit and like went to hospitals and stuff. It was sick. It was sick. Um, And then COVID happened. And we went out of business. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this TikTok stuff these kids are all about these days? And I couldn't figure that out. So I just decided to turn on OBS and have people stare at my face while I stared at the video game. <laughs> and I'd already been dabbling a little bit. And then, you know what? People were like, hey, you push buttons good in Final Fantasy. Can you help us push buttons good too? Like, yeah, sure. I got you. Let's go. Let's go push buttons together. And then I became partnered and it was great. And here we are today where Chris is like, uh, Rin, I heard you. Uh, I heard you wanted to make one short, forty-five minute video, and you know, like seven hours later, no sleep. He's like, "Well, I've done my work for the month. What are you doing with your time?" <laughs> and and now, yeah, I stream like twelve hours a day, so like seven days a week. But it's because I love you guys, and I get to spend time just hanging out with people, having a nice time. And yeah, Jesse and I, but we dabbled around in the good old Garuda. Just a little bit, you know, we, we nuked some people. It's okay. If I could say that. <laughs> you can. I'll allow it. Chris, okay. what you got going on? And then let's get into our uh, media tour, uh, you know, thoughts and more. Right now, I'm just trying to finish leveling all my fizz range. I, uh, I've i been derailed by, you know, people, people now call it rich level of stalling. But yesterday, I believe I was five hours into stream before I started the task that was in the stream title. Um, but I did get a glowing frying pan this week and like that had nothing to do with leveling fizz ranged, but it glows and that's required accruing like 400 unique items, which was a journey. Um, culinarian's a mess. That's, that's all I'm doing. We're just hanging out. We're waiting for November 19th. Soon. Soon. All right. Let's jump into our conversation about, uh, the Enwalker media tour. All of us got to play. We all were under embargo, and now that has been lifted, and we've been able to share our findings, our thoughts, 
our video footage. Let's start with you, Jesse. Like, this was your first media tour, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Was... Ever for Final Fantasy. So I was, uh, you know, I, I only started playing August last year. Mm-hmm. So I, well, that's a lie. I'm a liar. I originally played at launch many years ago. 1.0 launch or 2.0 launch? 2.0. Okay. Um, <clears throat> And then uh, I got to level 40-something. It was like, this is stupid. I don't, this is, I don't, I'm leaving. And then uh, I came back in August and was like, oh, there's my 43 character. Let's go. And so then, you know, I just started again and I had no clue what was going on, but I quickly caught up and was like, all right, I'll figure it out. Um, but now here I am. So I have no, you know, I've never been a part of anything exciting and fun behind the scenes stuff like this so i was like oh i'm totally in and um yeah it was it it obviously wasn't in person but uh and i don't know what that experience is like but it was it was fun to to get to see the game and to get to interview yoshi p and get to like hang out with everyone it was it was neat i think i would have stuttered less if ours had been digital we had an interview at the shadowbringers one um Mm. and didn't have one this time to compare but we were sitting it was like we were on a couch and then he was on a couch and then there was a chair to our left and that's where Reddit was sitting uh, mm. as a person because they manifest into one person for these events. And then on, and then on the right was the translator. And then like standing around the corner was like the press team and the community, like a representative and stuff there. So like it felt it felt like you were very closed in, like there were people behind you and all that. Sure. Um, so, it, you know, I think digital would have been more comfortable. What a- it was awesome to get to meet him though and take a picture. Oh yeah, so that's the one part that. You, so get you get you a picture at some point. What about though your return kept you playing this time around because you got to level forty, you'd done the stone vigil, like the story is starting to to pick up. You've fought you know Titan. You're on your way to Garuda around this time, if not Father. Uh, at this point in the story, like what about the return here this last August? actually kept you hooked and engaged. I'm just generally curious because I see a lot of people in that level range that you described. That is the gate, the first gate the game presents to players. So I see a lot of people going like, I'm, I'm done. And it's like, oh, just get over that hump and boom. But I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah, I, I think that it, it it's kind of just to take it back to um, years and years ago, like 2005 or whenever original Warcraft was out. For anyone who played that content, the very first vanilla WoW stuff, at like, it, you know, level 60 was the cap. And at level 50, there was like a content drought. There was what there was nothing to do. You like go to the Plaguelands and like poke things to get experience. That was it. That was the, the game. And I, for some reason, I felt very much the same when I got to uh, Kurthis and stuff like that. I know there's quests. I know there's things to do. But in that first playthrough, yeah, it felt like there was a lag in content. Like suddenly it was like, well, you need to level up more so you can go do these fights and go do these things. And everyone was like, bro, you gotta just keep going. The game gets good at 50. And I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> I want to like, I want to get, I want to have good, good now. now. <laughs> and uh, so, and so originally that's why I just walked away. And, uh, and at the time, I think it was easier to do so because there was other interests and things. I, I can't remember what was, what came out during then, but I know that's when there was a lot of MMOs, like a lot. And, uh, <clears throat> I remember, you know, 
there was Guild Wars 2 and, and Star Wars and all sorts of things were dropping at the same time. So it was easy to just be like, I'll try something else. Yeah. Um, now, there's less MMOs that I would put time into. And uh, frankly, coming from WoW, I was like, I do not care about this expansion. I don't care about this story. I don't care about nothing going on. So it was easy to be like, this is boring. I'm going to go find something that I enjoy. And my my tolerance for, I'm going to say, not great content was at an all-time high. I was like, you know what? I'll experience this. And when I went back in, it was like that low expectations thing. I went back into Final Fantasy fourteen, and that sort of 40 to 50 thing, I just played because it was fun. I was playing with a friend and it was kind of, we're just going through it. And then I hit 50 and started doing content again. And I was like, oh, everyone was right. This is super fun. <laughs> You're like five was, minutes away. <laughs> yeah. I was like right there. I just like, at the, I was right there. And so then I hit that and I started doing things. And admittedly, there were some parts of, you know, 2.1 plus that were just like, this is kind of like the uh, Senate scenes in Star Wars, you know, like, all right, this is happening, but, you know, I don't know what this means, really. And then they kind of like, gotcha, and I don't want to spoil nothing, but they got, they do like a gotcha, and then you're in, and you're just, you're like, well, I have to play Heaven's War now, I have to do that. And then you keep playing, you're like, well, I have to do Stormblood now, I mean, like, I have to see where this goes. And then you keep playing, you're like, well, Shadowbringer seems like a thing that I need to, and you're just, you're in. And that's it. Like they they got their hooks in you and it's over for you. And now you're playing the game. And that's pretty much what happened. What's your favorite expansion so far? Um, I mean, man, as much as everyone loves Heaven's Ward, I like uh Shadowbringers, I think is the best one. Hands down, just for story. I mean, like I'm a big storytelling person. And I think it, it told a more like solid story. Um but it's but you can see the way they craft things and set stuff up that I think, it, you know, I felt like there were a lot more payoffs in Shadowbringers. Same question to you, Ren. Like, uh, obviously, like you've, you know, like COVID hit and so you decided to make a whole career change and I'm, I'm happy for True. your success, but what's your favorite expansion and uh, what, what's your Final Fantasy fourteen story? All of them. Every single bit. I couldn't choose. <laughs> The audio I really version like of this show is really going to be strange. But it's like, <laughs> Rin has, has put on his sunglasses. <laughs> cool, Rin. Cool, Rin is here. It's about the time we made it through Evans Ward that uh, we found a whole lot of nice stuff. And uh, Evans Ward, we felt pretty weak, right? Like, I, I did like Evans Ward. I feel like it was a moment where, sort of like The Hobbit, right? Setting up for the Lord of the Rings that you would ultimately do in Shadowbringers. Mm-hmm. Heaven's Ward was was really really well done, um, but I think Shadowbringers fleshed out the ability to tell the story well for not only you and your compatriots but also what you were fighting against. Right, Heaven's Ward I, I I think lacked that a little bit, but they were working towards it. Uh, like Jesse said, with like story building, it's like world building, and it leads so many so many opportunities for them to keep the game going because they're like we're gonna, we're gonna drop this here, maybe we'll come back to it, maybe we won't. You'll find out. Next time on Dragon's Ball P, we'll find out. But uh, I really like Shadowbringers. I think that story was excellent. Uh, I really like Stormblood for endgame content, which is primarily what keeps me hooked when we're not doing the story, right? Because we need fights to do. And for those of you who don't know, without spoiling anything, Stormblood was like a nostalgic playground of Final Fantasy for the fights they had in the game. That is true. Um, 
and I'm I'm a Final Fantasy nerd through and through, right? Like I grew up on things like Final Fantasy Four, Chrono Trigger, and then uh, please give us Chrono Triggers. Oh man, if Chrono Trigger, we finally get Chrono Break, that would be. Uh, people talk about Half Life Three. Go shut your mouth. We're still waiting for Chrono Break here. Um, shelf Diablo, Shelf Half Life. Just bring us Chrono Break. We'll be good. The the <laughs> those, biggest difference, the biggest difference that I really appreciated in the improvement from Stormblood in terms of raid to Shadowbringers is the raid was voiced in Shadowbringers, where in Stormblood it wasn't, and it really felt off putting when you look at the trials, which were voiced in Sh in Sh uh, Stormblood, but then the raid was quiet, especially with some of the characters and the nostalgia. Not spoiling anything that they bring into that. I'm okay with that after you've done the fight two or three hundred times. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you don't want you don't want Sidolphus yelling at you five hundred times per raid. The music's much more aggressive in Stormblood. Like when I get on a Stormblood extreme mount, it's like there's the volume's louder. Like it's it's aggressive from the get-go. Um, maybe that's just my personal take, but it feels like when I hop on a Stormblood extreme mount, it's just oh. And it's so jarring as opposed to some of the earlier ones, like actually re blend really nicely into the zones. Um, so maybe that's why there didn't need to be as much voice acting if like the music could kind of carry that experience. All the OST themes of Stormblood were awesome. We went to Internet Japan. It's intense. Everything was just awesome. It was awesome. Uh, Shadowbringers had more of maybe like a like a calm to it. Just because there was. I don't know. For me and Shadowbringers, I I walked away feeling a level of respect for everything we fought. <laughs> it's like you know, I kind of get that. I gotta kill you anyway, but I kind of get that. Um, and Endwalker's gonna be hype as heck. This is gonna be like a boy. I don't want to. I'm gonna do this in the least spoilery way possible. Okay. Um, Shadowbringers is like when you play through near Automata or a automata whatever you want to say when you play through it a second time that makes i'm gonna just put that out there in the ether when you play through it a second time it is very much like that where you see a different side to the story it's roughly the same like you're doing the same things kind of but you now have an appreciation of other things that are going on in the world and you like get a deeper you're digging deeper and you're seeing things and now villains are not necessarily like that kind of stuff i'm not gonna spoil the game but it's beautiful and you should play it Squake, squake, it is squake, squake them. Exactly. <laughs> favorite movie. That's like uh, the uh, my favorite movie is uh, the uh, what? Emperor's New Groove. Like by yeah, far, it's the one I can't remember the name of. Yeah, it, I, it surprised movie. me beyond belief in the fact that you're doing uh, Patrick's voice. It's just his choice. But Rim, uh, question about media tour though. So you stepping in uh, to this role, you getting to go hands on like the rest of us with the uh, with the jobs, like. Talk to me about that experience for you. Like what stood out to you the most, uh, most impactful? What lessons did you feel like you learned and what would you like to take uh, forward into Endwalker? Let me, uh, which voice are we putting on for this one? Let's see. Yeah. That's it. Just, just keep it no. up. Uh, cool kids. No, that's it. Uh, I'll get my mentor crown. Hello, everybody. We're ready. So it's my first media tour, as we all know, and I'm a prop guy. I like props. What can I say? <laughs> it was a good time. I went into it. I went into. <laughs> can we recast? Can we recast our like uh, thing and put Rin in? Uh, just like playing on. Rin is all the voices. It's a one man show. Have you guys ever been to a one man show? I took yeah. my wife on one for a date for our anniversary one time, and I was really excited because she's a huge. She's huge into theater, and I was like, "We've never gone to a one man show together. I'm gonna blow her mind." And then you get there, and she's like, 
have you ever looked back at the number of shows I've had you go to musicals, full production, community theater, and ever noticed that we've, I've never picked a one man show. I was like, I had, I thought I'd really like catch you off guard. She's like, well, we're about to find out why I've never taken you to a one man show. They are a trip. They are a trip. One person doing all the voices, all the characters, rapid wardrobe changes. It's, it's a little like being deep into somebody's mind. And you're like, oh, God, this, this guy's nuts. Speaking of oh, nuts, so. uh, currently Ren has covered the screen. And I assume is attempting to combine the crown and the sunglasses. I'm not sure what's going on back there, but... <sighs> Raggy, <laughs> what's going on? You know what? <laughs> Let's reveal door number two. Door number two. We didn't even get a choice. Hello, everybody. All right, there it is. No. Oh, how dare you? How dare... Don't worry about it. I've got time on Happy. my hands. <laughs> These visual gags. <laughs> this is what podcast ready. This is here. this is primo <laughs> podcasting. I love it. For all of you audios out there, uh, Rin donned the wig. And then he talked eloquently into your ears. Happy little clouds. Yeah, there, there are no mistakes, just happy little wipes. So my media tour is my first time going. And, uh, you know, like Jesse, I was like, oh, well, you know what? It's going to be fantastic. I don't have anything physical to compare it to, I suppose, except maybe a couple of events where you go to like a convention or something. I've been to FanFest and to PAX as well. And I've gotten to actually meet the, uh, the Yoshida-san before. And it's, it's awesome every time. It's awesome every single time. It's great. Makes you feel just like one of the cool kids. Like you could really see, really see 20, 20, 20. It's great. Ren has donned multiple glasses. He's for you audio listeners. Glasses. This uh, is the for me, it was actually a, a pretty stressful experience. First off, I got the invite and I'm like, this is fake. This is a phishing attempt, right? It came out of nowhere. Because at the time, there was a whole bunch of fishing going around in the Final Fantasy community, people trying to grab accounts. And then I'm like, I fact-checked. I'm like, oh my god, this is real. Um, and the first thing, once we finally got to say we were going, right, and mm -hmm. people found out, they were like, wow. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a community in Final Fantasy for endgame stuff, for learning your jobs, you know, learning rotations. It's called The Balance. It's a Discord community. And I'm a mentor there. And they're like, wow, we finally have one of our own mentors going. Uh, we're expecting this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I'm still surprised I'm going, and now I have I all did this wonder. stress. Does that pivot the balance's opinion of people who put out 17 or 25 guides on day one? Is there more softness there? Or are they like, no, they need to get it right and have all 25 out on oh, day one? No, no, no. I believe a large opinion was that they're going to uh, absorb everybody's information, glean what they can, see if each creator kind of grabbed a little bit that they might have thought and and there's a lot of misplay that you hope people make because you're like i wonder how this would interact in this setting where it could work but unless you intentionally do it wrong it would work and then some people are playing jobs they don't know and like you did it they did the thing yeah okay now we know how this works um and 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 you know for me it was just focusing on the tanks a little bit of the healers and and just and other stuff too so when i when i finally got to the media tour i'm like i do not have enough time in my day so i'm just going to you know what i did i was i got i had the opportunity to sit down with um because i mean jesse you know we we were grouped up and, and chris and brian we were grouped up with people right mm -hmm. and i'm like oh i have i have llama Todd, i have larry's or i have spopey i'm like once we've done our video stuff, let's just mess around, right? So like Todd and I went for a swim out in the water in the game and just like flew around and we had we 
we went on our sages, which are the new, the new class, these new lift guns. And we, we went back to back and we walked 10 paces and had a, had an old Western duel with each other and stuff like, this is why we're here. He's, he's like a, a leading member of the balance discord. And I picture him like picking up the phone. So you're getting all the good information, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you're really gathering in any deep like bug fixing and some, yep. Yep, totally. Like there <laughs> was there was one point where Todd and I are like, "This is endgame content right here. This is this is two really good raiders doing." And we're just we're just sitting there with our uh, with our new lith weapons. You could like sheath and unsheath, and we're just, we're both just going. <laughs> and like Larry walks up to us, and we're both just going like this over and over. And we're like, "This is what raiding's about." <laughs> you can trust me though, because I'm that cool. Jesse, like, what was what was your approach with playing uh, the content, et cetera? Because, like, you were obviously very big in a variety, but just jumping into the fourteen community, like, did you have a goal, or were you just dueling with uh, other other creators out there? I mean, the minute I realized that I offer absolutely nothing in the way of strategy, or like, yeah, yeah, this is how you play. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go and do what I want to do, and if people want to watch that, awesome. And so I just went around and like goofed. I walked around and looked at things in town and was like, oh, look at these NPCs having fun. And then I flew out into the world and like, oh, look at this, you know, monster doing his thing. And then I like zoomed around and looked at different stuff. And I was like, how many cars are in Garlemald? And I just went around and like, there's so many cars here. Why is I was like, everyone has cars and we got chocobos. That's stupid. And so I was like, you know, I was doing that. And then uh, I just like at a certain point, what ended up happening really is uh, I got asked to do dungeon runs. And so I, I might have run that damn dungeon like a bajillion times and um, just kind of learning different stuff in there and trying to figure out like we would. <laughs> I think it, are we OK to talk about the dungeon? Yeah, we can talk about anything. There's a part where the characters that are with you like jump over the edge to go do a thing and i kept thinking i was bugging out because i was like they would just disappear and so many runs i didn't know what happened finally i got to see it happen i was like oh so then i tried to like see what they were up to and you know i just wanted to know things i learned nothing i learned absolutely nothing but it was fun and um did you see Bernachessa's content? She went into like deep lore exploration. She's like exploring like a hot plate that had food on it, and there's like a, a bento box. It's like this oh, is yeah. the side of the media tour. Yeah. I don't think anybody else captured. This is amazing. Yeah, there's I there's tons of stuff like that, and I was immediately like, I'll wait, because there's truthfully there was very little. You know, there was no quests. There was no one to talk to. There was no like dialogue or anything. The only thing that the only bit of hint was there's like five lines of dialogue in the dungeon that occur. And there's one thing of that. That's like, maybe kind of like a hint of what's going on. Everything else is just gibberish. Like, come on, we've got to go friends. It's like, cool. That's great. We do. Let's do this. They yeah, need like, me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, other than that, it was just kind of walking around and like, you know, finding little areas that are uh, of note that I that I enjoyed, like seeing all the like where the dancers are from in Thavnair and seeing the weird underground train station that I'm like, what is this? Why? Oh, my is, God. Why? Did you did you fly in or did you teleport into that? Um, I originally teleported in and then 
I was told, uh, dude, you got to like go walk your butt in there. So then I left and then went back in. It's interesting. I'm not sure what any of it means. <laughs> I teleported in and got lost because I didn't see the ramp. So I thought I was uh-huh. locked in an underground prison. <laughs> yes. I was like, I asked Chris, I was like, and how do I get out of this thing? Like, yeah, I was like walking what? through the train. I'm like, is this, do we like I talked to everybody on the train? I talked to everybody on that train. The uh, chat's asking, uh, and Will in this case says, what's everyone's thoughts on the uh, emphasis of traits in Endwalker, as Chris has dubbed it, Traitwalker. If you guys have paid attention, we've, uh, jobs have been just uh, like doled out all kinds of new traits. Uh, Let's start with Rin as a raider here. Sure. Any impact of uh, uh, the trait system? Is this something you wanted to see or is this uh, necessary or completely uh, delete, you know, delete barred? I don't know. I think it's going to teach people to, you may be unexpecting this, uh, I think it's going to teach people to read their tooltips and learn the UI, which is a tall ask, because people like, I don't even know, traits, what are they Oh, you sweet prince, you sweet, ignorant prince. There's pictures on my bar, but what do they do? What do they mean? Now it's trait walker is exceptional. I think it's, it's a, it's a really nice change because we already have a lot of buttons on, on a lot of jobs. Some of them, not so much, but I mean, you just ask Jesse, we were raiding the other day. He didn't even have all the buttons on his bar. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I had the UI doesn't tell you which ones are missing in wow. It highlights it. And it's like, Hey, you haven't dragged this on a bar. When I moved to a job, I haven't been on in a while. My hot bars, I drag everything off the bar and I start at the top you, to make sure I don't miss anything. It. And I rebuild the whole hot bar because how do you know what's missing? You don't need Kira as a white mage. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's what happened. So I don't play like a tank all the time. And when I do, it's like they throw you into a 50 dungeon. And you're like, oh, well, I have everything I need. And so we were raiding the other day and there was clearly things I needed to press and do. And they were just in the worst possible places on my hot bar that I was like, I need to rearrange stuff. And then at one point I hear Jesse use your limit break. I've never once in the history of tanking ever used a limit break unless it's PVP. So it's not even on my bar. And I'm like, yeah. So Action uh, general limit break. Click, click. <laughs> I went back and looked at your hot bar too. Yes. You have, I'm like, can you shake it off and repository? You're like, yeah, there were uh, let me just reach for it. <laughs> I, I have that bound it. to it shift control F3 numpad five. Is that, so is we're that we're sitting be there fighting Titan and we're telling him to use shake it off. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I got I'll you. get on that. Yeah. I had no idea where I put it on my bar. Someone in chat had to be like, dude, it's your C9. And I'm like, oh, so <laughs> there I we go. Yeah. Got it this time. And just like to <laughs> do like do a hard cast command, like slash AC space limit break. Got it. <laughs> that's because I play a red mage, and that's like oh, red, red mage is so like, good. We have four abilities basically, and it's just like and boop, some boop, of them transform boop, boop. into your other abilities, right? You don't yeah. even have a new button. Yeah, yeah. And and then in in Endwalker, it, I was like, all right, I'm break out red mage. See what see what's up. There's technically one new button. And everything else is like, press the same thing you normally press, but more. And I was like, yeah, baby. Well, and then also for like Holy, for Flare, all that becoming AOE based. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, thank goodness. I can now do both raid progression and dungeon. And I'm not like swapping jobs between because like, that is so cool to see that you can build that up. AOE it down. Red Mage, honestly, was 
like for all that I'm really excited for Summoner, Red Mage, I was like, okay, like y'all are making it hard, Square. Like you are making the choice between Black Mage, Red Mage, and Summoner like a really tough choice for me right now. The, the tanks look pretty good right now. I would say, so the job that benefits the most from being a trait walker experience is probably Paladin uh, because it didn't get any new buttons per se, just new effects on their buttons that exist. And now I feel like their combo system is going to be a little bit more intuitive uh, for a beginner. You're still going to have to be precise and not drop it. For example, they have something where they put up a dot and, you know, dot management's a thing in MMOs. You put up a damage over time on the enemy. You put it up again. Those two are buffed. Then you go into your magic phase. And at the end of the magic phase, it reapplies the buff that you would have put up without your buff. So now you're, now you're like, okay, dot, dot, dot. Uh, pretty intuitive. This is fine. Paladin gets a lot of healing. Great. These traits are needed. They're fantastic. And other jobs that had a bunch of buttons had some of them reduced. So now they don't have to press as much. Um, and I think a big change in the traits now is that we have a number of abilities that went to a stack system. I'm sure you've seen yep. that. Mm -hmm. And that's going to help players who may have higher latency playing from the moon because we're going there. So, I mean, latency is probably astronomical. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Do you think there'll be velociraptors on the moon? Yes. Jesse's not concerned. You're going to open up an well, island sanctuary on the moon away. to do it? Maybe. I like, the, I like the moon is doing some callback to some enemies from uh, from Change of our, Promethea, too. Our though. love, Jesse. Our love. They'll see our love and will not attack. I'm all right. Or they'll I'm open right. their mouths to breathe and just die on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious I, I, I what it costs to teleport to the moon because that's what we do not know. We know teleport costs are based off a of distance. But in theory, unless we're going to teleport to another star in the future, like the moon would be, I guess, the new theory cap on what it would cost to teleport to. I picture them on distance. The like airlines are on distance, though, right? And so, like, when you go really long distances, you switch to a a different size plane and so like the price doesn't jump up to fly to europe as opposed to flying from like dallas to denver that much it does jump up but they're going to put you on a different size plane so i'm sure lore people out there are like they're different size planes right but just saying like this is a the, the moon doesn't have to be a hundred thousand gil to teleport there there oh, could it's be, gonna be like 900 gil at most because this is the listen the source is flat the source is flat, okay? The moon was filmed in front of a live Garlean empire. You're just going to you're going to walk into the green room. You're going to be on the moon, right? Maybe a couple of like little bobblehead enemies will walk by. You'll it's be like good. A, it's an astral projection up into the sky make you think that it really is yeah. over there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They just so, they're just using floodlights. That's so wrong. That's so wrong. Everyone knows the moon is hollow and that's where the base is, okay? Come on. Flat. You're right. So You're right. He was asked if the moon was hollow in an interview question. And he just didn't his answer, answer was that his answer was that we should be familiar with um like real life folklore about the moon, right? Like various lore stories. Yeah, he basically said, How could I know? People don't even really know what's going on with the moon. Look at the number of conspiracies about the real moon. Like, how could I know? Yeah, Which, I mean, we, we all know the moon. How could made you know Yoshi? Cheese, right? <laughs> but do you think when we get to the moon, it's gonna be made of Barbecue spare ribs. Could you eat the whole moon? I'd have seconds. All shot off with a nice tall cup of coffee. Yeah. All right. So I got I a serious question for for everybody. Um, recently, uh, we've seen that Limit has announced that they're going to be doing like world first rating. And I don't know if anybody's seen these comments come up in chat. 
but I've been seeing this mindset and Chris and I kind of touched on this topic a little bit yesterday where even Yoshi P says that they're looking over the terms of service and with uh, like limit coming in, in, into play. Yeah. We talked about that yesterday, Chris. Yeah. I'm wondering where you're going with this. Continue. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll find out. All right. So with, uh, with limit making uh, kind of this move, a lot of people are saying we now have kind of paid to win, or we have this pay for clear mentality also calling back to, uh, you know, obviously with uh, drawing a blank for some reason, uh, Rich Cobb, <laughs> I was like, why, why is that blank coming in? Um, with the fact that not necessarily money changing hands, but in the social rating stream, uh, you know, in that season, the fact that there is this clout uh, as a currency that's ethereal. I would like to know uh, what you guys' thoughts on, uh, obviously, streaming's impact on raid is this a is this a problem is this a terms of service issue is this a non-issue where well, let's start with you ren uh like you're like a professional uh ultimate clear what was it 400 500 clears that's what chris has told me sure 418 <laughs> yukov clears yeah <laughs> that's why that's why i'm able to hold your hand through the entire experience but then you put me in another fight now uh, i can oh, I get hope. you there but it's not as easy it's not as easy Listen, actually, Jesse and I, I feel like we were bonding a little bit, Nuwu, right? My knowledge is, is moderate. Look, you're a very good leader. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I've been a raider for years and years and years and only stopped maybe like three years ago. So uh, I'm used to following orders. So when you're just like, yeah. do this, I'm like, yes, sir. Okay, I'll do okay. this. I'm yeah. going. <laughs> so you're very good. You deserve to have 8 million clears. I think that's what I heard. <laughs> Eight million. Yeah. yeah, well, that that's an understatement. That's an understatement. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really, I mean, things things like this, like Rich Cobb and stuff. I just feel like it's, I feel like it spits on the plight of people who have been progging these fights. I feel like clear for ones just don't happen, and it hurts and doesn't help. But congrats, but congrats. That's a copy pasta. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. So many, so many people have picked up uh, ultimate rating because they watched this experience right and and we knew what it was going into it right like llama todd was was the person who curated the group mm -hmm. and we wanted a streaming spectacle i believe chris you said in your opinion what it was possibly one of the biggest unpromoted events i think it's the single Fantasy. largest 14 event that has ever happened without direct square enix involvement and that's that's probably reasonable probably right only by asmongold picking up the game and that did end up having square enix involvement not due to his choices, <laughs> due to other people's choices. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, but it's, it's fantastic because so many people have now begun raiding, right? Yeah. And not only not only begun raiding, they're like, wait, these super hard raids are being cleared in a short amount of time. Maybe the lower difficulty is something that I can go for week one. I could try to try to race for do do like there's people who just want to clear it at all. Right. But now there's a lot of groups who are like, I want to clear it week one and that's Christmas week. So I want to clear it before Christmas. So now there's people who may have cleared three or four weeks into the tier. Who are like we want to do it in three days um, and, and, you know, limit. And, and maybe we'll even see echo as well. You know, echo is going to be doing the, the second tier of Eden this weekend. Maybe they're going to, you know, come and do pandemonium as well. Uh, I think it's healthy. I think it's good. Um, I don't necessarily think there's like a pay to win mentality, right? Like if, if teams have resources to do whatever it is they're doing to progress in their experience, like what I'm doing to beat a fight does not impact what Jesse's doing to beat a fight or Chris or Brian are doing to do a fight, right? Like Brian, you're not affected at the end of the day, other than maybe 
maybe you've got something to talk about for your next show, right? You're like, all right, well, Rich beat this fight and the world is on fire. It's crazy. Uh, overall, I just think it's good. Like more eyes, more people rating. Mm -hmm. It's also going to increase the quality of players. So you're going to see more people who are capable. And then you also see players who may have been too nervous or anxious and thought that these were unapproachable experiences. And they're not when you see people laughing and having fun because it's, it's still that, I mean, we're all, we're all old souls here. I mean, I know we're, we're only 22 for like the ninth time each. I mean, uh, I just turned 21. So I just, you know, whew. there you go. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Congratulations. On I got surviving. my bottle of whiskey. I, can't, I don't know if y'all can see it in cam in frame, but it's back there on the, uh, on my shelf. <laughs> I can see the goo boo. Yeah, I got, and then my my glove for the uh, Ed Walker light. I love it. Yeah. Now I got. A, I heard a. I heard a, a phrase, and I'd love to know your thoughts. And I want to go to Jesse next. Um, was that people are gonna love that Asmund and Rich are playing Final Fantasy fourteen until they do something that they can't. Have you heard that phrase yet? Especially as it relates to this, uh, to our community. And I, I stunned everybody. Is, I think this community is toxically positive um i think we have a very welcoming community that is incredibly thrilled to have new things come into the space um, seeing pyromancer and jesse pick up the lore torch as both anonymous and ethos seem to be kind of in another chapter of their lives and not producing at the rate that you know we would of course love to consume and you know so we have these these handing off of the torches in an ongoing live service game where you see you know, newer faces making an impact. You see longtime faces making an impact and um, people are thrilled to consume the content from you. And you see this, there's been, um, I was watching, I don't know, somebody on YouTube was talking about it, uh, where they were talking about kind of like body image. And what happens is you, you love somebody, a celebrity that you see yourself in and you relate to them and you feel like they're this friend and you create this relationship. And that relationship is there right until they do something that's no longer in line with that relationship you've formed. And so say you're somebody that struggles with weight, there's an actor or a musician that struggles with weight and you're all on board and then they lose a bunch of weight. That can feel like a betrayal. And so I think what happens when you have something that becomes a movement like Asmin and Rich, where it becomes bigger than the person at the center of it and it kind of takes on a life of its own is it's totally in line until they do something or say something that breaks that moment and sometimes it breaks it for a big swath of people and you see this big reaction sometimes it just breaks for individual people who are like yeah i did watch them up until they did this or up until they said i was a big fan of rich when he was clearing story but now that he's done ultimate because i can't clear ultimate that really bothers me and that breaks that breaks that relationship it kind of breaks the trance uh and it's not fun anymore and so i think when somebody comes in and grows that quickly um they inherently don't know as much about the person. A lot of these people that are now fans of Rich and Asmund don't have years of relationship with them. So it is just a matter of time until they learn something about them that maybe is not what they expected. Not to say like, just just different than they expected. Not good or bad, just different. Jesse, you look like you're you're chewing on this thought here. Well, I, I think that the the thing that is interesting about the Final Fantasy community is that everyone wants to see people experience the like adventure and the story aspects of it and so even just the other day uh i was watching uh, a streamer who on average i don't know maybe like 200 views a stream but when they got to the end of 5.0 it was like 1500 
And I think everyone okay. kind of has that experience of your streaming where it's just like everyone wants to see you react in a way that they expect you. It's like the Final Fantasy thing. Like, we are here to watch you, you cry is what we are expecting. Like that kind of vibe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're here yeah. for the tears. Cry Let's streamer. Yeah, Cry but, but streamer. It's, but it's also kind of like, <laughs> I was there. I know what that's like. And I'm, yeah. I want to live through that with you. And so the there's like two phases of Final Fantasy XIV where the we are here to watch you go through the story. And then the second phase is some of the people that were there for the story are gone. And you can see that even in, in Rich's content yeah. where he had this huge audience and then it dwindles because they see that they saw the story and now like all right enjoy have fun with the game sure and, why is he doing this fight over and over yeah like, uh, <laughs> and, and there's like a different phase and in that phase as viewers drop off as you were sort of redoing content as you're doing things that aren't necessarily like the cool hotness um i'm curious to see what you know this most streamers go through and do during that phase because that sort of determines where they fit in in the sort of ecosystem of what kind of weird stuff are we going to get up to are we going to go run different raids are we going to go do progression stuff are we going to and that changes your audience as well and right. then uh, at a certain point you know a lot of streamers are um variety streamers i'm i'm an old fart but i think you know variety where you go you go where the views are and so there's, I'm curious to see, you know, Rich seems pretty invested and pretty involved. So I'm curious to see like a year from now, where will Rich be in the community? Um, that kind of thing. Like all the story that long. <laughs> he, uh, He'll finish, He'll finish maybe, that maybe. just in time for Endwalker. Oh, I yeah. think, I don't think they should He's be ready for Endwalker. Like you want to be in Endwalker weeks after everybody's done Endwalker. Like that is one of the <laughs> sure. things, like even uh, Scott Zone marveled coming over from world of warcraft marveled that a an expansion or a patch would drop and it was like a dead stream versus where like when you're coming into it yeah everybody's like there's nothing you're going to spoil for me this is for me one to experience your tears and then they've already experienced right it. so like honestly my advice to anybody who's new in the 14 community like sure be ready for Endwalker. maybe play it in december like Otherwise, content creators. if you're a content creator and that is your livelihood, like you're going to find that's going to be a kind of a, a shocking twist where you're like, oh, people are showing up. This is great. It's because people have experienced that as well. So it's like, you're not going to ruin the story for me. And that's, and, it, and it's something very unique yeah. that Scott like marveled on. I never even noticed it. Cause I don't, I don't stream like all the time. Uh, Jesse. Well, I, I, Going back to your original question, yeah, I think that the best way to think of it is a lot of these people who are um, doing really hard content and they're doing it easily um, because they have you know better players to carry them or they're just very fortunate to be able to run some cool stuff. There's, I think there's two ways to look at it and both are fine. One is uh, if these goobers can do it, I can do it. Yeah, which I think is a really healthy way to look at it. And the other one is kind of like, I get to be able to see this content that I normally wouldn't do. And I think that's kind of neat. I mean, obviously there are going to be people who are always jealous and are like, oh man, I wish I had that. But it's just all perspective. And I think what's great about this community is that people seem really positive in the fact that they're just like, oh, that's neat that they did that. 
And uh, I think that's pretty cool. I'm I'm more interested in what people like Limit coming over and doing create because I think yeah. that brings something different that I you know I'll be real I didn't or maybe maybe it exists but I don't know anything about like the hardcore progression we are gonna like world first raid stuff like it it's isn't kind of blind experience it's one of those like don't ask don't tell we don't stream it kind of things the the, the winning guild TPS doesn't stream. So there are a number of other people that are broadcasted by Frosty, but the people who win do it privately. Yeah. Yeah. At some some point along the way, we were like, there's this level, right? They're they're up there and they're going to win every time. We are good enough to place. So like my, my team places top 20 each time, but we're not in it to win. We're in it to show that experience to other people and kill the boss as fast as possible, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, it's more about Edge, like like you're saying, Jesse, right? Giving people a piece of content they may not otherwise see, because even doing something without knowledge is much different than seeing than studying a guide and then going in, right? Um, so we we have that experience open for people and, and just introducing it, and then sometimes people are like, I want to do that. I'm gonna do that next time. That's awesome. Um, and that there's there's merit in that. So I think I do think limit coming over. Um, if Echo plays too, that could that could shift things. That could shift things, but I don't think it would be a bad way. If anything, it's just going to put more eyes on rating. Yeah, I think it's overall uh, very good for the community. And the voices tend to be like louder uh, that say like they're they're calling in, you know, saying that this is these aren't legitimate things. And it's like, honestly, I think they're missing the forest from the trees in that regards. Like, all right, if you don't like that, this popular or celebrity streamer or celebrity content creator, you know, has that I, I can't there's no fix like there's you know like you're just complaining to complain because people are still going to watch and people want to see that there's a you know as, as i call it kind of an economy within the creator you know the creator economy like the reason that you know people want to see it there's a demand and they've created this you know this value and this excitement and this level of entertainment and it just feels to me like we keep calling ourselves old souls it does feel like there's this line in the sand where you know oh back in the 90s nobody watched me play video games like that's how it should always be it's like i like that's just not what happened like that's not how the the tree shook out like you know everybody here in some form or fashion makes content because people want to see it you know that's a that's a driving factor if people didn't want to see it we either make something else or i don't know like go back to a, a you know day job or something like that go back to being that's a forum awesome. poster i mean i was a forum poster before this right so like you don't you don't come you don't get here. It's not like you we all just woke up from a vacuum and hit <laughs> I've record. got opinions. There, there was there was some, <laughs> like opi- those opinions were coming out of our faces before this. But also at a certain point you move from game playing streamer person to entertainer. Yeah, and yep. you know in the case of Rich and Asman who we we're talking about, you know as much as you're like those are gamers. They are entertainers. They've crossed the line over from gamer to entertainer years ago. Their job is to entertain a large crowd, and that is what they're trying to do. They are the not trying to be, to be like there. the best gamer bro out there. And so they don't have the time to do normal progression kind of things. That's just a fact. They're, and, mm-hmm. and the audience doesn't have the patience for normal right. progression things. And so their objective from a business standpoint is to just be like, how can I get this done as fast as possible and yeah. show people this content in the and most entertaining way possible. Content. Yeah. yeah so exactly. and sometimes so that means they longer, shot it, right? It so for a story clear, that's longer for rich. 
He extends mm-hmm. story, but for progression, the goal is to make it condensed. You just want the Absolutely. highlight reel. You want the Nest highlight reel as a live experience. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's it's one of those things that you know uh, on the surface i think to a lot of players it may not seem yeah. fair because they're getting like a special treatment kind of thing but they are also never going to have the same experience that you were having as a player right because they're right. not there for that experience they're there for like the entertaining version of what you're doing i mean that's pretty much it yeah i think that's why i think that's why asmongold has zakrar is that if you go watch zakrar that's just him playing games the way we play games, he's running dungeons, he's running, he's, he's just doing his thing, you know, and, and that's a lot closer to the experience that anybody involved in an active free company could have sure. compared to Asmongold. Asmongold's shenanigans, like he tried to, he tried to drown his uh, boosted character to, to kill it in WoW and like people just kept healing it. Like you, he couldn't, he literally couldn't kill his own character, um, launched it into lava and people just healed it through the lava. Because there's enough people willing to show up and meme on that that like that's not an everyday experience. Well, it's um, the same thing with the rating. The reason why you know you can get this you know sort of carried through a, a really hard raid is because there are also people who are like, I would love to be on stream and help you do this. I mean, you know, it, it, they aren't going to get that carry if they don't have people who are willing to do that. So there's there's like a mutual networking cost to time yeah. ratio, right? And that's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Well, guys, yeah. uh, I've got both Jesse and Rin uh, as tagged in the in this podcast over here on YouTube. Also, their links will be in the description. If you're listening to the audio, be sure to go give them uh, all the attention. They make incredible content. I've really been enjoying uh, Jesse's, uh, you know, your your lore posts. And Rin, I think we're going to be doing some uh, rating and, uh, and hopefully some more. I've been uh, doing some with Todd. Yes. So y'all are bringing me out of my, uh, like I've been making babies for the last five years and bringing I, me back. I've been waiting. Into, I've been into, waiting into for rating. you to go. Everybody's like, you're like doing a family an ultimate? Man. I was like, apparently, yeah, apparently I'm going to be doing an ultimate. So that's going to be coming. Brotalment, or we'll have to come up with some fun, uh, some fun naming thing like that. But before we, uh, as we conclude the show, I want to say thanks to Red Rocket, Dark Wolf, Chili, Psycho, Cordell, WG, Keelan, and Luke for their generous support making these shows possible. Thanks to our guests, Ren and Jesse, for making the time to come talk to us today about Final Fantasy. And that is going to be the end for this episode. This has been the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. I've been your host. You can follow us over on Work to Game, Ginger Gaming Radio, Gaming Kinda, or Ginger Prime. We've got it everywhere. Chances are, you know what? If you don't want to see our faces, I'm so sorry. I've got bad news for you. Thanks for watching. Love your faces. We'll see you next time. Take care.